I'm Shaharazani, and in the news on Memorial Day weekend, United in Pain. The IDF Widows and Orphans Organization is a non-profit that was established in 1991 in Israel as the sole organization recognized by the State of Israel to represent the widows, widowers, and orphans of Israel's fallen soldiers. On this Memorial Day weekend, the unique bond between Israel and the United States of America comes to life. Four Israeli teens, all of whom lost their fathers during their army service, are visiting the United States on behalf of the IDFWO, hosted by TAPS, T-A-P-S, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. TAPS is a U.S. nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide compassionate care to all those who are grieving the death of a military loved one, and it's been in existence since 1994. Their visit includes participation in the 28th Annual National Military Survivor Seminar and Good Grief Camp taking place in Virginia over Memorial Day weekend. Earlier this year, a TAPS mission was hosted by the IDFWO in Israel. It consisted of three widows and their children who were hosted by bereaved families in Israel and got a chance to partake in various memorial events in Israel in honor of IDF fallen soldiers. And like any worthy and uplifting collaboration, it's important to take a look at the people behind it. Paul Volke was killed in Afghanistan in 2012. He was a West Point graduate who had served in the army for 14 years, including four tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was just 36 years old when he died. Tracy Volke, Paul's high school sweetheart, wife of 12 years and mother of Andrew and Benjamin, visited Israel this past month as part of that mission. And she is the one who has made this special IDFWO visit possible. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us on JBS. Thank you for inviting me. So let's first of all, um, get a little bit of your personal background. Tell us a little bit about where you come from. Well, I met my husband, Paul, in upstate New York, where we went to high school. And um, we dated throughout college. Paul went to West Point, and um, I went to University of Maryland. And he joined the military right after college. And then I became a military spouse. Um, I was married to him for 12 years, and I'm an attorney. And we have two lovely boys. And then, unfortunately, how old, how old are, are um, 18 and 16. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so when, when Paul was killed, that was what, 2012? Yes. What, describe a little bit about, you know, since, you know, being an army wife and, you know, taking care of the family alone. And he has been, like we mentioned, a couple of times on tours of, of duty before. Right. What, 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 did I, what did that create with you? Yeah, it was really um, shocking because it was his fifth deployment overseas and it was very unexpected. And we, as a military family in the U.S., like it becomes part of our lives um, being part of the military. And so, you know, your whole life sort of changes because we live right near a military base and had to change our whole lifestyle after he died. So it's the death followed by sort of the loss of community that was really tough. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, a few years later, and here you are 
creating this uh, incredible initiative that to me, it's really out of so much pain, you're actually showing you know, some hope in this power of coming together. What prompted you to make this connection with Israel? Well, um, shortly after my husband died, we were contacted by TAPS, um, the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, and they do a lot of grief work with children of the fallen and, and families of the fallen for the U.S. Um, and they offer a lot of great opportunities. And when my um, oldest son was younger, um, we saw that there was a trip to Israel. And so we applied and um, we are Jewish Americans. And so we had this big connection with, you know, I'd never been to Israel. My boys had never been to Israel and we sort of took a chance and my older son just connected with it on such a deep level, um, connecting with military survivors from Israel um, and the other families that we went with from TAPS. It it made such an impact staying with the host families, getting to know the people, seeing that this horrible thing happened to us here in the U.S., but it's universal and the country that's supposed to be our homeland. It happens there, too, um, on a greater scale. And so when was that visit, Tracy? That was in 2015. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't get to take my younger son. um, And then recently TAPS offered another visit. So we were so honored to be invited again. Um, And now my younger son came and had a similar impact. I mean, just visiting and taking part in the Memorial Day ceremonies and the Independence Day ceremonies in Israel and watching how you all honor um, your fallen was really special and touching for our family. So the, the most recent trip just took place last month. That's right. In May. You know, um, you're very right because, you know, in Israel, there is a whole, the, the, the respect for the memory goes far beyond the memory. It's the understanding of the lives that were lost and the worlds, the entire worlds that were lost. So bearing in mind, you know, that principle, I want to ask you to share with me and with our viewers a few words about Paul. Um, something personal about him, about your life, something that you have a fond memory of, that the boys have a memory of, so that we we get to appreciate um, Paul for who he for who he was. Yeah, um, Paul was just a very kind, um, humble person that was very well liked by everybody, and always had a great sense of humor and a good smile on his face. And he really loved the military and believed in what he was doing, and he believed that. By serving in the United States military, you had a chance to make the world a better place. It's not always about combat fighting, but also about going to these other countries and improving um, the quality of life for them. So he was um, kind and humble and also uh, believed in what he did. You know, um, I don't know if you, uh, in the ceremonies that you took part in, there was a famous famous Israeli poem, um, The Silver Platter, that actually talks about that sacrifice, the fact that none of what we have and we enjoy in Israel, and for sure here in the United States of America, is given to us for free. And these lie, this is they, they are in their sacrifice. There are the silver platter that uh, upon which our freedom is served, and it's really important to take those uh, important moments to appreciate 
um, you know, that immense sacrifice that they were making. But at the end of the day, Tracy, that you are making and Andrew is making and Benjamin is making. Now, you mentioned the impact that your visit to Israel had. Can you describe um, one or two incidents, both in the previous visit or in this one, that touched you, something specific that you remember? Well, in this last visit, um, we attended the ceremony that you have for um, those who survived the Holocaust and then came to Israel and then died in the War of Independence. And I guess I never just thought about that. As if, of course, we revere Holocaust survivors as you know the most strong and powerful people. And then to think about that sacrifice coming to Israel and then after surviving such atrocity, um, dying, you know, to make the world a better place for Jews, it, it's just something really powerful that both my son and I just remarked at. And um, it's what I keep telling people, like, did you ever think about this, that there are people that have done that? I mean, um, but the whole experience just felt like we were coming home and we were being embraced by the Israeli community and by the IDF. Uh, widows and orphans group um it was just a tremendous partnership you know it's um it's truly very touching uh, coming home what is your hope um for the future as far as first of all maybe about andrew and benjamin and their relationship with the state of israel in the future how do you hope uh, to see that going well i did observe with andrew you know connecting with the other children and um you know we have stayed in touch with the host families that we've stayed with. And then, you know, Ben met um, Shai and Uri um, in Israel, and then they were immediately, you know, embraced each other when they came here. So it's just having that connection with each other is really all we have in this world, like our relationships and our connections with each other. That's it. You know, people to people connection. A lot of people think about this world in the complex terms of diplomacy and politics and the UN, but really at the end of the day, it's all about us as people and as human beings. You know, this, this meeting, now that you have um, the teens visiting TAPS, and let me just ask you this, how was your initiative to make this connection between TAPS and the IDFWO in Israel? How was that received? Um, I think, you know, Bonnie Carroll is the one who sort of, um, you know, founded the organization and um, really started this initiative. I just was lucky to sort of jump on board, but I think it's been very well received. Um, the partnerships we have with other countries so that we can say like, you know, at the end of the day, war is, is a terrible thing, um, but out of it comes hope. It comes, you know, building relationships. And I think, you know, we were so well received in Israel, and I know the Israelis are going to be embraced by our TAPS family when we get to the Good Grief Camp. You know, um, I, I can imagine hope being the operative word here. That's, I, I can imagine, what you're hoping to achieve during the uh, teens' visit in the U.S. and going through the camp, right? Making that connection and really uh, working on, on hope making its way into everybody's lives. That's right. Wow, Tracy, thank you so much. It's truly uh, both humbling and a great honor. I just want to say thank you for your amazing, for who you are. Thank you. And thank you for telling our story. And for, for leveraging this in such a way that supports each other and that we support each other in people. Um, truly, we are truly blessed to have you. And it's, it's in, the work that you do is incredible. And good luck on the camp. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.
The IDFWO mission includes four teens from Israel, Ori, Uri, Shira, Maya, and Shai, who are visiting the U.S. along with their group counselor, Nitzan Ben Eliyahu. Nitzan is also a social worker who's been working for the youth department of the IDFWO for the past three years. Joining us now, along with Nitzan, is Uri Kedar, who's 14, from the city of Modi'in in Israel. He is the son of Lieutenant Colonel Dolev Kedar of blessed memory. Dolev died in battle with Hamas terrorists near the Gaza border during Operation Protective Edge in 2014. Nitzan, Uri, welcome. So happy to have you with us. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Terrific. Um, so first of all, maybe we'll start with you, Nitzan. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and maybe a few words about the mission. Okay. So my name is Nitzan, and I've been working for the IDFWO, IDF Widows and Orphans, for the past almost three years now. Wow. And yes. And I'm a social worker, as you said, and I'm the manager of the youth department. So I do different programs for, especially for kids between the ages six to 18, um, mainly Otsma camps. It's kind of like the good grief camp that they do here. And we have uh, the camps fourth time uh, during the year, uh, during the high holidays, Sukkot, Passover, Hanukkah, and during uh, the summer. Um, we have like hundreds of kids coming there. We can share after uh, his experience. Um, and I do other problem, uh, programs as well, uh, mentorship program and other uh, programs with the Ministry of Defense and I have a few programs with the uh, older widows. How did, you, um, how did you get to be part of the IDFW or what made you wanna be part of this organization? It's a good question. Um, so I was a Jewish agency Israel fellow at, uh, at the U.S. Where? Uh, at the uh, University of Georgia. Okay. Yeah. I was there for two years. Uh, and when I came back to Israel, um, I saw like Shlomi posted something that he's looking for a, a social worker to work with orphan kids. Uh, and I felt that this, this job is exactly, exactly for me because I'm a social worker. And also during my time in the US, I execute like different programs and that's what I do here also at the IDFWO. And it felt like the perfect match for me. And it is because I really enjoy it. And it's really meaningful job. You know, when we um, introduced TAPS before, the word that kept on coming up was compassion. Mm -hmm. And definitely you exude that trait of compassion and um, of course, deeply rooted Zionism, which probably manifested itself through your work at the University of Georgia. Um, tell us a little bit about the mission. Um, for How did it come to be? And um, how, um, how, how did it feel, you know, to arrive here? What did you, what were your thoughts and feelings before coming? So the idea uh, to partnership with uh, uh, with with TAPS and to be part of a good grief camp, I think it came up like two months ago. Shlomi told me about it, and we weren't sure. Is the, uh, the CEO of the IDFW in Israel. Yeah. I'm just saying for the sake of our viewers. Yes, yes. Uh, he told me about it, and it was after two years that we couldn't like. Uh, go out because of Corona. Uh, and I was so excited about it because during my time as the head of Otsma camps, Otsma camps is the camps that we do uh, in Israel. I can really tell the impact uh, on the kids when they uh, meet other kids that uh, they have a really deep connection and special bond between us because they know each other in the best way. 
and they don't sometimes they don't even need to talk and they just understand each other because everyone from the kids lost a family member and when Shlomi told me about the opportunity uh, for the kids to go uh, here to the U.S. and to meet to meet other people, not only in Israel, but like uh, American people that lost a family member. I was so excited about it and I feel so honored to be here uh, because I feel that this uh, uh, connection between the kids can be so uh, meaningful and important for them. Uh, also like in processing their loss, uh, to know other kids that also lost their uh, someone from from the family, uh, that they can talk to each other, they feed each other. Sometimes like, I feel that the kids in Utsma, they say like when they go to school or other like people don't necessarily understand them. And here they have the opportunity to meet other uh, kids that uh, know knows them the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Otsma camps that you're describing in Israel, for the sake of our viewers who have no idea what this world in includes, what kind of activities um, do you have in those camps that are able to, like you're mentioning, to cope with the grief? Yeah. So as I said, uh, it's uh, Otsma camps, it's for kids, orphan kids uh, of the IDF between uh, the ages 6 to 18. And we go between like uh, four or five days uh, to travel in Israel. Uh, they have their consulars. Uh, that uh, um, joining us, joining them every camp. And, and we just travel around. We have different activities uh, with, uh, with the kids. And the kids, uh, some of them uh, started the camps like when they were six years old. And now they're like 14, 15, 16. They're like the best friends even like uh, after camp. So it's really meaningful to them. Like you can ask Uri after, he can tell you that one of his like best friends is also from, from Utsma. Uri, I'm, I'm so uh, pleased to meet you. How are you? I'm fine, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm great and even better now that I know you. Um, continuing from what Nitsan just said, tell me a little bit about Otsma and friendships that you make there and how that makes you feel in coping with the situation. Otsma, well, uh, it's hard to describe. My best words for Otsma camps are, it's a second home. It's a second family for the children who lost their families. It's, it's really something you can describe. It's the way you cope with the loss. It's the way you make new friends. It's the way you have fun with it's It's everything. And uh, Nitsan was mentioning that you were actually making real friendships there. Yeah, uh, some of my best friends are from the smack camps. And it's it's uh, it's fun having someone who who knows what you're dealing with because like in school or other activities you do the the people don't know what you're going through so having those people here in the smack camp they help you and you can really bond with people that know your pain and you know one of the most um. One of the most touching things I heard you say, um, I have to admit, I listened to some of your interviews in Hebrew in Israel, and you mentioned something about um, Abba, about dad, that one of the things you loved the most was just hanging out in the house, knowing that he's there, just being with him and having him around. And that was truly um, one of the most um, profound statements I've, I've ever heard um, spoken uh, about this issue. So. 
in the great tradition of reliving the memory of those we love. Tell us a little bit about Abba, about your dad, um, something to share with our viewers so that they get to know who he was and who he was to you. Uh, my father was Lieutenant Colonel Dolaf Hidar. He died in Operation Protective Edge in 2014. He was killed in action. And he was at the last duty, he was uh, a battalion commander of the infantry officer course in Israel. So he trained the leaders of the future in Israel, in the Israeli military. And so, how, how was he at home? Something that he liked to do or that you remember, a fond memory that you have of him? At home, he was like my father. He was like my best friend. He, even though he came only in the weekends and the, during the holidays sometimes, you need to, when he comes, you need to explore the whole opportunity. You need to maximize, I don't know, the time you have with him because it's so little. So you try to do everything you can, but eventually it becomes the, a tradition that like when he came home, just like he read stories to me or we played basketball or watched it. Amazing. Um, Tracy mentioned before their visit to Israel. Did you get to meet TAP's mission um, in Israel? Yeah, uh, there was actually a tour uh, in Tel Aviv that we were both invited to. And that was a chance to meet them before we go there, before we go to Good Grief Camp. And it was really nice because when I first saw Ben Volker, uh, I just knew there was something between us. So like me and Shai was my friend from the mission. We started talking to him and we realized we have so much things in common and hobbies and stuff. So. We just talked and enjoyed it. And now we're like, now like in his house, it's like much more relevant, but we stay in touch. We keep contact, like we talk to each other and that's it. It's beautiful. Um, we mentioned the IDFWO in general. Can you share with our viewers a little bit about the activities that the organization um, does in support of, of you? Uh, to support? Uh, children like me in Israel. The IDFWO does a lot of things, especially the main things I can think about right now are Otsma camps, as I said, and it's unsaid, which are four times a year. And like we do activities with our friends and travel Israel. There's also a mentorship program that uh, every kid who participates in it gets a mentor that every week uh, he spends uh, the three hours with them or so, and they just talk or, or do mm -hmm. things together. Amazing. It's that, it's that being together, that emotive that keeps on coming up. Um, how were you received? What did you think before coming here? What were your expectations and how were you received by the community here in the US? My expectations was to be greeted well and have fun and I was genuinely surprised when I came here because when I came, I saw that the people are so friendly and like the community is so accepting. And like we had a dinner party with uh, the community and it was really nice meeting all of the people and talking to them. Yeah, you know, um, I have to tell you that 
this is a recurring theme as well. In my history, um, years ago, I had the uh, privilege of accompanying, like Nitsan, um, a similar mission to Canada. And I'll never forget, you know, one of the uh, teens who came up to me and said, Shahar, I just want to ask you, why do these people care so much about us? And why are they so friendly towards us? Which is really an amazing moment to understand the bond, not just between Israel and the American Jewish community, but also specifically, like you keep on repeating, the bond between people, the bond that connects us. Um, let's talk about the camp. You're getting together with you know, some of the American families who've gone through a similar experience. What's your hope um, from the camp? What do you hope to, uh, to come out with? My hope is, first of all, is meeting new people, which is always nice, especially meeting people who understand you and what you have been through. Right. I'd also like to have fun and activities like travel, DC, and that's it. I love that. Having fun and enjoying life and appreciating every moment. Uri Nitan, it's such a pleasure and such an honor to speak to you both, truly, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us on JBS and truly have a safe and enjoyable trip here in the U.S. and safe travels back home. Thank you. Thank you. We speak often of shared values between the United States and Israel, upholding the lofty principles of freedom and democracy in a world where many parts of it are still hostile to these very ideas. Well, defending those freedoms does not come free, and your families are the ones who pay the price, losing loved ones, so that all of us here in the United States and in Israel are able to lead an open and free life. We salute you for your sacrifice and for your loved one's service for the nations of Israel and the United States, and words alone cannot express our gratitude. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And to all our viewers, I would like to say, embrace your freedom and never forget where it came from. Thank you all for joining us. Stay safe and stay healthy. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golob, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In The News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Until next time, shalom and lehitraot. See you soon. Thank you.